Join spiritual feminist and empowerment coach Joni Advent Maher for Trust Your Sacred Feminine Flow. Listen in for intimate conversations about money, transformation, and feminine sovereignty. And now, your host, Joni Advent Maher. Welcome to Trust Your Sacred Feminine Flow. I'm your host, Joni Advent Maher, empowered living coach and spiritual feminist. And today I have the pleasure of sharing time with Don Flores, a local artist who moves between the creative expressions of painting, writing, acting, singing, teaching, taking pictures, growing gardens, raising children, and building community. Welcome, Don. Thank you so much, Joni. It's a pleasure to be here. Mm, so glad to have you. Let, let me tell our listeners a little bit more about your varied activities. So Dawn, she's an artist, a writer, and an activist. She teaches art nationally and is the creative director for The Forest Project, an art project documenting 60 acres of urban forest that's currently being clear-cut for development. She's the author of the Juno Cards, a deck of divination cards designed to be used to raise self-awareness and build community. And she is in the process of creating and writing and preparing to produce Circle of Mysteries, the word, the song, the dance co-written with Kristen Lohr Weber and Elisa Feynman, and it gives voice to the feminine divine. Wow. <laughs> such, a, such varied forms of creation that you have undertaken. Yes, um, it's actually quite thrilling to hear you read that. Um, uh, my life is really blessed, and um, I'm really fortunate to have such meaningful work, and I'm really grateful to be talking to you about that work today. Yes, and I would love to hear anywhere you want to jump in just related to the Divine Feminine and how your creativity and your work how that all fits together, where it started, or, or if you want to jump in with one of your projects, I, there's just so much. <laughs> okay, I'll try. It's a big question. I think it might be helpful to point out that um, the three things that I picked out to include in my biography today have to do with the feminine divine and with sovereignty. Those were the two words that really resonated with me. Mm -hmm. And the Juno cards, I wrote them after going through a dark night of the soul where I was um, in therapy, in workshops, um, really doing a lot of soul searching. And, and I woke up at three in the morning with this inspiration to turn them into a deck of cards all the all the inner work that I had been doing, all the wisdom I'd accumulated, and put them into a, a, a format that could be used within a group because I knew the power of 
of the group, um, group exploration, group support. But I'd also been slightly wounded in support groups where there wasn't good boundaries and and there wasn't impeccable leadership. So I wrote into these cards safe boundaries where there's no leader. You lead each other. You're, you don't give each other advice so that everybody's responsible for themselves. Hmm. And they were written with the intention of creating these spaces where your highest wisdom, you could connect with your high self, hmm. with the feminine divine within you mm -hmm. and arrive at the truth of your own being mm. and be sovereign, mm. but be fully supported with unconditional love mm. within the group, because it's really important for women to have group support. Mm -hmm. It's, it's very important. So uh, that's the aspect to the Juno cards that, speak to sovereignty and the feminine divine. And it was through my using my own Juno cards mm -hmm. that I got, I broke through several blocks and, um, I had, I had read a book and when it was called circle of mysteries, the women's rosary book. And mm -hmm. when every time I read the book, I could see a play. And, and this was, you know, that soft voice of inspiration just kept whispering to me. And I finally worked up enough courage and wrote the author and said, you know, I see a play. I, and I gave her a gift. I made her a rosary and told her how much I loved her book. And I said, you know, I see a play. I, I would really love it if you would turn it into a play. And, <laughs> or if you would allow me. Mm-hmm the honor of doing so. And she wrote me a letter back that made me boohoo cry in the post office. <sighs> but then when I tried to figure it out with my head, mm. I couldn't figure it out. Mm. And I, I put it on the side and I worked on producing my Juno cards. And then I used my Juno cards in a group and clearing blocks. It, it, there was a card where I realized I hadn't danced in... 20 years maybe mm. and dance had been so important to me and I had to look at what wasn't working in my life why I had lost some aspect of my joy mm. and and start you know standing up for myself a little bit in some relationships and and clearing some blocks and and then I saw the connection between my my second chakra mm. in my creativity, my ability to make money, mm -hmm. and my throat chakra, mm. my ability to speak my truth. Mm. And so that was a big realization for me. And so I decided I was going to celebrate by taking belly dance lessons and by taking singing lessons. Cool. And I, I didn't even <laughs> sign up yet. I was just going out in my garage and playing this music and singing and dancing and carrying on. <laughs> and then the next Juno card I picked was... Um, gratitude list. So every night I was going to bed writing this stream of consciousness gratitude list. Mm. And the morning I would go out in the garage and sing and dance. And what happened was the music I was listening to started being incorporated into 
these visions that were dancing in my head. Mm. And one day I laid down and was meditating while I was listening to the music and I realized that I was listening to the soundtrack of the play. Wow. And that wasn't a play, it was a musical. <laughs> wow. And so I went from not being able to figure out how to write a play <laughs> to writing a rough draft of a musical in four days. Wow. And then it's since ex expanded. Um, and along the course, I had res I had resistance to some of the songs in on the CD, and I had to, um, you know, revisit them a couple of times. And I would have some kind of spiritual insight, and then I would know where that went. And what ended up happening, I think it took maybe four years before every single song was in the in the play and at one point I had a, a meditation in the beginning of the play which is the strangest thing to have in a play but I didn't all the words were so delicious and so juicy I just couldn't delete any of them and then um, uh, somebody said oh listen to this aria and I was like what's an aria <laughs> and then I realized I could take that poem and make aria and and so Wow. I contributed one of the songs to the play. So, wow. so it was um, an affirmation of everything I knew about the creative process, but then it was so much more. It was about really what the title of the play is, Circle of Mysteries, mm -hmm. and it was really about the mystery of, of going into the unknown, mm -hmm. about surrender, and about trust. Mm -hmm. So now where I am is working uh, really uh, my devotion at this time right now is the Forest Project mm -hmm. about um, I was having the second dark night of my soul <laughs> <laughs> about six years ago. My mother had passed away. My marriage was beginning to disintegrate. I, I felt like I was like a lot of things were just slipping through my fingers. And then I woke up one morning to the sound of men, machine and crashing trees. Mm. And so I knew the force behind my house was being cut. Mm. At the time, I thought perhaps it was being developed, but it was just being harvested. Mm. And we found out a developer was going to come in and clear cut it, but it would it, they were going to put in 460 townhomes. And we felt like that was too many for that, area mm -hmm. and my neighborhood association banded together and we drove out the developer and it was actually quite easy wow and that surprised me so much um you know i had to I, I was one of the leaders in my neighborhood there was a lot of conflict within the group because we were all grief stricken over the trees being mm -hmm. cut mm -hmm. But I had my creative process. I was out there taking pictures and I was processing it. So I felt like I could be a little bit more clear headed and it helped me be understanding of the crazy behavior mm. and um, the alarmist thinking. Mm -hmm. And so when when the developer when we when we got rid of that developer, it it was really eye opening for me. Mm. And um, we worked with our our city councilwoman 
and we worked with a new developer hmm. and asked for things like um, green space and uh, 25-foot clearing between mm -hmm. them and us where the trees would not be cut. Mm -hmm. And in the process, I developed a relationship with them. And wow. when I showed them my photographs of the, of the cut trees, they said, are you asking to continue this project? Mm. And I said, yes, I am. So they, and, and it had to, I had to go through several channels several times, but the entire time I went with non-polarized thinking and I went with gratitude and um, that, you know, the mindset that they were not their enemy, that they had a point of view that mm -hmm. was theirs mm -hmm. and they had, they had their own form of creativity that they were expressing. So in, wow. in, in end, what ended up happening was this project kept unfolding. I would bring, I would bring one more person in, one more person in. I've worked with, um, over 700 people have, <gasps> have, volunteered wow. for the forest. 600 of them wow. were um, lower uh, elementary school children oh. for a residency that I did. Uh -huh. Every single one of them, I, I said, would you like to be with, would you like to volunteer and work on the forest project? And they raised their hand. <laughs> I designed fabric patterns with them. So we have um, rescued over 2000 plants. Oh. We've collected over a million seeds, wow. he salvaged parts of an 1865 farmhouse. And so a lot of resources went to artists' homes mm -hmm. um, and didn't end up in landfill. Mm -hmm. I cut, with the help of Richmond Woodturners Association, 16 trees, mm -hmm. which were turned into bowls and vases, mm -hmm. beautiful pieces of art. And I've had an eco dyer collect um, vegetation and, and transfer the fabric. Mm. I've done a video, 20-minute video. I'm working on a 200-page book. And I took photographs, turned them into fabric patterns. And I'm working with quilt makers to take the fabric and turn them into quilts. And when a when a quilt maker finishes a quilt, I take it out and I spend the day with the quilt on the clear cut land as a gift to the earth to say, thank you. And, you know, almost to say, we're mourning the loss of what yes. was here. Yes. Wow. So as long as I'm not trying to control the process. <laughs> <laughs> It keeps unfolding. Wow. And when I try to make it big, that's when I get stuck. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> right. I'm just so struck by uh, the power of s surrender and of partnering, you know, not only with your own creativity and creative life force, but that of what some might consider the opposition or, um, you know, those that want to collaborate with you. It's, it's such a powerful story, particularly given where we are 
present, you know, present day with our political climate. And I, I know you've had some involvement in beginning to, to do some activism there as well. So I have, yes. I, well, I feel like, I feel like on election day, the world turned sharply and that we're experiencing a really great opportunity. Mm. And a lot of people are so uncomfortable that they're having to recalibrate yes. and reevaluate. And um, I don't want to say adjust because <laughs> <laughs> I don't think that would be healthy, but to, <laughs> um, to kind of sort through how they're going to negotiate yes. how things are right now. Yes. And um, I feel like a lot of people are forging new identities and they're learning how to do things that they thought maybe they weren't good at before or thought wasn't their job to do before. Yes. And... I think that a lot of us are miserable, no matter what our political affiliation, mm -hmm. a lot of us are miserable right now, and we're going to remain miserable until we can find ways to collaborate mm. and hear each other and, and make connections mm. and, and build intimacy in all our collaborations. Beautiful perspective to bring. And, and I know part, part of what you do is around community building um, and creating those connections. I mean, the, the Forest Project is a great example of that, but you've also created an online community as well. I have, well, what I noticed was that it, it was taking me hours to sort through the fake news and the alternative news and the gossip Yes, and that there were threads and threads of, of, um, uh, pointless debate <laughs> and, um, it, within the Juno cards, there are cards that say, you know, relinquish criticism, relinquish complaining and condemnation, mm. relinquish gossip. And um, so I was I was coming up against all these behaviors that I was, you know, I'm saying this without judgment, mm -hmm. that I was falling into and my life doesn't work when I when I do those behaviors but I, I still want to be engaged yes and and I thought you know what I want I want someone to sort through all someone I trust <laughs> to sort through all this stuff yes. and and just give me an action to take every day mm, the lowdown uh, yes the lowdown and and the most effective mm -hmm. action, because I I really struggle as to whether or not I was going to go to the Women's March in D.C. Mm -hmm. I really struggled, and um, 
you know, I was getting conflicting reports about the organization of it. And, um, you know, my daughter's uh, 17 and she wanted to go and I was worried about, you know, her safety. Mm-hmm. I, I I don't worry that much about my safety, but I do worry about her safety. Mm-hmm. And so I really had to to weigh it. And it, it wasn't until the... Um, I don't know what they called it, the declaration of intention or the agenda of it. Mm-hmm. And when I read the agenda, I was like, yes, mm-hmm. yes, I am on board with all these things. And so my husband and I went up there and we were very, we were just getting into the city and we saw people, we saw buses stopped on exit ramps mm-hmm. with people unloading and people going on the overpass and on bridges. It was mind blowing. (laughs) And there was so, so much love and acceptance and support Mm -hmm. and tolerance. Mm -hmm. It was a really, really beautiful thing. And it was so energizing and empowering. Mm -hmm. And, and that's why we march. Yes. Cause it's, so if you're doing something and it makes you feel bad, like arguing with a stranger on the internet, (laughs) (laughs) that's not what you keep doing. But if you're doing something and it emboldens you and it feels good, that's, that's the path you take. So I noticed when I made phone calls, Mm -hmm. you know, I pray before I make them. I bless the person I'm going to talk to. I'm nice to the person I talk to. I try to actually connect with them. And afterwards, I feel great. And I'm like, phone calls are effective. This is what I want to do. And and I would like this experience for other people, too. Mm -hmm. So I decided to make a Facebook page that would be beneficial for me Mm -hmm. in, in hopes of serving people. And I really, I really only wanted to have like, 50 people on it, <laughs> no, people that I knew and, um, and encourage them to stay engaged. Um, and I think like in two days it was 300 and it's, it's not a, it's not a big deal. Um, it's just a little small thing that I'm doing and, um, and it's helpful to me. So if I, if, if I can get five people to make the same calls that I'm making, mm-hmm. that means it's five. T- it's magnified my work five times. So I think where where I'm starting to be inspired to go with my activism in regards to what's going on right now is um, focus on um, the National Endowment for the Arts and the National Endowment for the Humanities, which mm-hmm. are slated to be mm-hmm. their budgets to be cut. Um, so that's where my inspiration is headed now. And I just came across an article about an artist who, who, who said, you know, if, if funds are going to be taken away, I'm going to give art. And so he, mm. every day he sends a drawing to the White House or to a, a hotel and um, every day. So he's, he's turning into an act of giving. And I thought, that's, wow. that's powerful. And that's love in action. And love in action is how we make connections and create good in the world. Wow. I love that. I love that story. 
so mm, I'm so struck by <laughs> by all that you're sharing and and this is you know this is wisdom for our time it's like we're we're writing the manual as we go along there is no manual and I, we are yeah. that's a really good point and um what I had to come to grips with was that I was going to be making mistakes. Mm -hmm. <laughs> they would be public mistakes. <laughs> and that I hope that people forgive me when I don't do something very skillfully. And mm -hmm. uh, that helps me forgive everyone else who's who's making mistakes right now. But we're 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 all redefining how we're going to move through the world right now. Yes, and there is space for our humanity because we are imperfect. Yes, yes. yes. and um, I think that's that. It's so appropriate that you use the word humanity because that can be our touchstone, yes. and, and that's what I use for for my touchstone is: mm. Are we being humane, or are we yes. dehumanizing someone right now? Mm. I I put a. I put a post up the other day that I thought wouldn't be such a big deal, but there was a there was a debate for a whole day about it. I said we need more humanity. Mm. Let's stop with the name calling. Wow. <laughs> and um, simple and straightforward. Simple and straightforward. And I had uh, really dear friends say, you know what? I don't think I can do this. Wow. And you know, I had people attacking them, <laughs> judgmental and condescending. And, um, and they came back with, Hey, I'm being honest here. I really want to know yes. how to not do this Yes, yes. because I'm, I'm furious. Right. And, um, so, so we had, we had an interesting, we had an interesting talk on that because, and what's interesting about what's going on right now is I'm finding myself um, butting heads with people who think exactly like I do. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not fighting with total strangers. I'm fighting with people who I am in, in political alignment with yes. about how to go about do, doing things. Right. Yes. About the approach, about the process or the mindset. Yeah. yeah because one of the things I learned in writing the musical, mm -hmm. because all the songs are in Hebrew mm. and I was raised Lutheran. It's it's kind of ironic. I took a a work by a um, a Catholic, a former nun, and uh, a woman who's a cantor in um, the Ju Jewish tradition, and I merged their work together. But so I had to I had to um, go deeper with and learn, study the Hebrew, and and there was one song that that I never felt like it fit in the play mm -hmm. Salom Shalom mm. so it's the the Arabic mm. uh, Islamic piece mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and you would think that would be a shoe in right away but um I I didn't know where it fit and I didn't know how it fit so I looked up the word Shalom and I came across a really beautiful in-depth description mm. that said Peace is not just the outcome. Oh. It is the process. <gasps> wow. 
peace is about your relationship with yourself. Mm. Are you at peace with yourself? It is how it is your relationship with your beloved. Are you at peace with your beloved? It is your relationship with your family, how you interact together. It is your relationship with your community. How are you at peace with your community? It is your relationship with your country. Mm. It is your relationship with the world. So it's not just the outcome. It's the relationship and it's the process by which we build it. Yes. Yeah. Because we cannot build it with violence. (laughs) No, or conflict. And name calling is a form of violence. Yes. Yes. And so we have to constantly be returning to our humanity. Mm. Ah, ho, to that. Yay. (laughs) Yes. So we need to shift gears. Um, You have named so many experiences of what I call trusting your sacred feminine flow, but I'm wondering if you have a specific instance or, or story that you would like to share in that regard or how that fits in with any of what we've spoken about already? Well, I'm not sure I have an answer for this, but I'm just going to start talking and hopefully (laughs) go for it. Um, being that I decided to be an artist when I was six years old, I've had a lifetime, <laughs> I've had 50 years of people telling me how much money I'm going to make or how much money I should make just because I'm an artist. So I, when I was younger, it was, you're going to starve. Are you sure? Yes, I'm sure. Uh, and in high school, it was, you're going to have to work as a waitress. You're going to have to work as a teacher. You're going to have to work as a, as a um, uh, secretary. And I, I was furious and I hated hearing those things. And lo and behold, I had to work as a waitress and I had to work as a secretary and I refused to work as a teacher because that was the thing that I was told so much. And I went up to Omega Institute Mm-hmm. And I was having, you know, one of my dark nights of the soul. And I studied with Barbara Stanny. Oh, yes. Uh-huh. Sacred I, success. Yes. Sacred success. Yes. And it was, she, um, she's the R in H&R Block. Uh-huh. She's heiress. Her father gave all her money to her husband, who lost it not once, but twice. Yes. And then abandoned her with a million dollar tax bill. And ran off to a foreign country and left her with three small daughters. And she had to, you know, really excavate her her ideas and thoughts around money. And um, she got so good at it that now that's her mission. That's what she teaches. Yes. And I, I got there. The workshop I took was her very last workshop where she taught um, overcoming under earning. Yes. Mm-hmm. And she, what, what I really learned from her was to uh, notice when you feel resistance. And because, you know, sometimes when you're learning something new or, or trying something scary, your, your brain gets kind of fuzzy. Yes. 
And women do this when it's money. And sometimes when you're um, reading about policy, you know, your brain gets kind of fuzzy and then you quit. Mm-hmm. But what she taught me was, you know, observe the discomfort mm. and try harder. Mm. <laughs> and lean that's into your, it. Yes. Lean into it. And that's just your ego, <laughs> a little fuss. And, and I understood that from the creative process, huh. you know. So in, in going to her, I, I started leaning in, I guess. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And it was, it was right after that, that I got my teaching job. <laughs> in the thing I resisted all my life yes. and the thing that I am so good at and, um, and I, and I love it. And I have, I have the perfect job because I don't have to deal with bureaucracy and I don't have to, mm. um, of grades. Mm -hmm. And I see my job as loving my students, Mm -hmm. period. That's Mm -hmm. all that I have to do is Mm -hmm. love them. Mm -hmm. And, and I, I travel all over Virginia and in the summer I go home to Wisconsin, I travel all over Wisconsin. Mm -hmm. So that has really given me, um, a couple of things. It it gives me a financial cushion, but it also gives me um, it lets art stay on as the priority in my life mm-hmm. and it keeps me growing and it keeps me engaged and it keeps me inspired. Mm. And I, I think when I went to, when I went to Omega Institute and I did that workshop with Barbara Stanny, one of the things I uncovered in my subconscious was that, you know, I grew up in a, um, farm town. I grew up in the country, mm-hmm. you know, everybody everybody works in a factory and is a farmer because you have to have two jobs in order to make an income. Mm. I was growing up because that was before factory farming. Mm -hmm. So my dad worked swing shift. He would work a 12 hour shift and come home and milk cows. Wow. And my sister works 18 hour days. Sometimes 12 hour days is is common. She never has an eight hour day and she's spent when she comes physically spent when she comes home from work. And you know, what I uncovered was that I picked up on society's idea that artists shouldn't make money Mm. and that artists do make money. They're shysters. They, you know, Mm -hmm. there's something something inauthentic about them. Mm. And and I had it in the back of my mind that I couldn't make more money than my father or my wow. sister. Wow. Wow. They suffered. Yes. The hard work. Yeah. Love I do. Mm. Wow. And I thought about it and, and I thought, you know, what's the truth of it? The truth of it is they kind of feel sorry for me because I don't have as much money as they have. And they kind of maybe think it's a little irresponsible. Mm. And so I had to readjust my thinking and, and say, you know what? I think that they would feel much better if my income were higher. And then the other thing I, I discovered is that I don't need to measure my success by my financial mm-hmm. stats. Bottom line. Yes. Yeah. And I don't need as much money as the world tells me I need. Right. And my, my greatest resource is that I know what's in the human heart. Mm, 
Wow. And I connect with other people and motivate other people to help me in creating the world the way that I envision it. Yes. That's incredible. Mm. So I can't believe we're nearly out of time. Um, I have one more question for you that I ask all my guests. And that is um, from where you're standing today and who you have grown into, what wisdom would you pass on to your younger self? Oh, that is such a good question. I love it. Mm. I would say, don't be afraid of making mistakes. And don't mistake attention for love. Ah, <laughs> wow. <laughs> and be gentle on yourself. Beautiful words. And, uh, and, and don't be afraid to go to therapy. <laughs> <laughs> the modern day message. <laughs> don't be afraid to go to therapy. <laughs> oh, Don, thank you so much <laughs> for taking this time to be with us. <laughs> Absolutely. My extreme pleasure. Yes, yes. So for folks that would like to reach you or to check out your projects, they can go to your website. Oh, absolutely. Yes. Which is dawnflores.com, which yes, yes. Um, and there's on, on my website, there's links to my Spoonflower site for oh. fabric. If, if anybody wants to decorate their home with forest project curtains or reupholster their couch it's wow. uh, there's over there's over 500 patterns and they're mind-blowingly beautiful um so there's a link to that and then i have my little self-publishing company is luminous warrior press and so i have a couple of um couple of books on there I believe and my novenas are on oh. amazon.com novenas to the universe oh cool <laughs> I want to check those out <laughs> I didn't know about those yes they make they make me very calm when I read them unfortunately the Juno cards are sold out they're and out I, I okay. they're out of print I don't have a, a publisher to reprint um, but I'm working on an app so that we can download that and use it. Cool. Boy, I just love your creativity. <laughs> and there's even, even a second deck of, of Juno cards um, that's been written. Um, wow. So that's in the works, too. Fabulous. Fabulous. Lots of stuff. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So I want to say thank you to our dear listeners for being with us and... Until next time, always trust what your heart knows. Thanks for listening to Trust Your Sacred Feminine Flow with Joni Advent Maher. If you like what you heard, the best compliment you can give us is to share our podcast with a friend and subscribe, rate, and review our podcast at iTunes. 